Success is about more than just business strategies. It's also about aligning with your higher purpose and clearing inner obstacles that stand in the way. I say this because you deserve to do what you love and to feel fulfilled along the way. And the reality is you're likely spending more time than you'd like to stuck in self-doubt. You may be asking yourself things like, why do I never seem to reach my biggest goals no matter how hard I work? Or why do I never quite feel like I've done enough, have enough, or am enough? If any of these sound familiar, you are not alone. And I've been there too. The good news is that the solution is simpler than you think. I'm sharing it inside my new four-day women's immersion, The Inner Critic Cure. This live four-day event includes daily classes, potent practices, and a brilliant supportive community of like-minded women. And best of all, it's only $37. This method is gentle yet powerful, and it actually works even when others haven't because it's based on a proven psychotherapeutic framework called Internal Family Systems or IFS. By the time you leave, you'll have the knowledge and tools to not only heal your relationship with those harsh inner voices, but to turn them into your strongest allies now and for the rest of your life. So join us to discover how to put an end to those negative voices that have held you back from your biggest dreams and desires. So you can live into the full potential you know is possible for you in both your business and in your life. You can learn more and join us inside the Inner Critic Cure at programs-saravonstover.com forward slash immersion. That's programs-saravonstover.com forward slash immersion. I'd love to see you there. Hello, sisters. Welcome to She Talks. I'm Sarah Avon Stover, a yoga and meditation teacher, best-selling author, and founder of The Way the Happy Woman. I'm so happy to share that my brand new book, The Book of She, Your Heroine's Journey into the Heart of Feminine Power, is now available wherever books are sold and at thebookofshe.com. To celebrate her arrival throughout the months of October and November, I'll be featuring a special series called She Stories, where we hear the heroine's journeys of 14 inspiring female leaders. I'm so happy you're here, and I hope you enjoy today's interview. Hello, beautiful women. Welcome home. Welcome to She Talks. And today I'm speaking with Elena Brower. And I met Elena, maybe it was even 10 years ago in New York City. Mm -hmm. I remember I had heard about your classes at Vera Yoga. I was I was a student of Anusara Yoga at the time. And since then, we've just off and on stayed in email communication for whatever reason. And Recently, I've been following your your latest creation of Teach.Yoga, which I'm sure we'll, we'll speak more about. But Elena is a mama. She's a yoga and meditation teacher, a real kind of luminary teacher in New York City. She's a speaker, founder of Teach.Yoga, and also co-author of the beautiful book, Art of Attention. So Elena, welcome. And it's it's really wonderful to, to have you here today. Thank you so much, Sarah, really. And we always start our gatherings here at The Way the Happy Woman with a personal check-in. So 
I'd love for you to share with us where you are in space and time and how you're doing at the levels of body, mind, and heart. Body, good. Just got off the treadmill at an incline of 15. So it's like my, my hike when it's too hot in New York to go running on the flat pavement. I take a hike on the treadmill, which is always really nice. I listen to my favorite music. My body feels charged for you. Um Mind, <clears throat> mind is good. Mind is inspired. I've got three piles of um, very interesting work in front of me. I've got a book on making your divorce more elegant. I've got a book on um, the services that I'm going to help lead for the high holidays at my shul here in New York. And I've got a pile for you of all the sort of feminine and um, related thoughts that I've been having since uh, the beginning of this week to prepare for this conversation. So there's three great things going on over here today. Mm. And I'm cleaning all my crystals, which adds to my heart space. Um, I really love looking at the sunshine on the window, so I'm seeing all the crystals sitting there, baking and nice and fresh and clean with water. Beautiful. Yeah. And Elena, we're going to dive in with starting with this mono myth that we all grew up with either being aware of it or not aware of it. It was just in in the world culture of Joseph Campbell's concept of the hero's journey. Mm. For you as a girl, as a woman, what was it like for you? What what is it like for you to grow up alongside this this global narrative. Um, you know, I had I had parents who were really um they were kind of forward thinking when I was growing up in the seventies and my <clears throat> mom was always working a lot. She was working two jobs and I was a latchkey kid actually for most of my um sort of middle childhood from like let's say sixth grade to you know, onward, um, because she was working really hard. And so I always had a really good idea that I was free to do what I wished, and I didn't really have any limits um, by way of, you know, what was typically thought of possible for a girl in those times. Um, So I'm really grateful to my mom for that, because at the time I didn't love it, but now I really see that it was a great thing for me to be presented with the example of a woman who could take matters into her own hands and, and work and create this really beautiful life that, you know, afforded us some pretty great luxuries, not the least of which was summer camp every year, great trips for the holidays, you know, little things, but they were big things, you know, and they're big expenses I now see as an adult to bring two kids, you know, across the world and go travel. So that said, I don't. I feel like um, I feel like I really had a nice idea for the possibilities for women, and so I didn't, I don't think I ever felt like I was limited. Yeah, which is really cool. Do you do you relate to the phrase of the heroine's journey? Do you feel like there's a difference mm-hmm. between the two? Um, no, I don't. I don't feel there's a difference. I think that. Each one of us has a story to tell, and each one of us came from something that 
was challenging, difficult, life-altering, and became our own savior, our own hero. Um, I don't really, I don't really feel like there's a difference between the hero and the heroine, because I think the hero encompasses all beings. You know what I mean? The, yeah. the very first page of your book about the genderless. You know, this is a place for everybody. Really, sung to me. Yeah. Because I think that's true. And Elena, what what led you? I mean, you're obviously on this hero heroine's path, being so committed to your own studentship. I think that's one of the reasons why I've always been so drawn to you is this sense of I also have a tremendous curiosity, and I'm always studying, and I I will be studying until the day I die, and I. I recognize that in you as well. So what like what called you onto this path of of discovering ever deeper truths about yourself, about life, and then being a teacher, one who, who shares those with others and kind of sparks that light of studentship in others? I had a lot of good teachers in my life, not just yoga teachers, but you know, in school as a as a kid. <clears throat> a lot of great teachers were around me, and I think somewhere in the back of my mind, I always knew I would be a teacher, even though I didn't cognitively know until, gosh, I was in my 20s. Um, and Cindy Lee was the first person who presented me with that option, even, or that idea. I really had no had no inkling until she said, hey, would you like to join our teacher training? So the first time we met, she was just... You know, she was opening home and she was seeking to have a nice rounded out group. And then I started to make art for all of the questions in the application. And I started to feel connected to the idea that I would teach. And I thought, well, maybe, maybe not. I, I don't really know. I'll just go. <clears throat> and I was called to it and I did it. And sure enough, you know, it was it was absolutely within the first few times teaching for her that I that I found a freedom, you know, in using my voice to share my love of learning and discovering and moving and um yeah, I never I never really looked back after that. Mm. And on this path of discovering and becoming a hero and a heroine, it's really, we go through rites of passage, many throughout our lives, some much more intense and harrowing than others. Have there been specific crises or portals that have really initiated you into the woman that you are now? When I think about it, I think that the one, the one that first comes to mind was being found out for being unfaithful to my husband. Um, the interesting part of the story is that he was, his transgressions were discovered, and then the marriage was over. And it was only later that, and he was going to go down as the criminal. It was only later, many months later, that I met. A woman who's now a, a dear, beloved teacher of mine, her name is Lauren Zander. 
She's a co-founder of a company called the Handel Group, which has been a, a real force for me in teaching me how to tell the truth and teaching me how to how to lead and follow my own dreams. Um, she's the one who kind of sussed it out. She said, oh, you know, you're telling me your life story and you're with your hand on your forehead, woe is me, except I am challenging you to think about where you cheated if she was cheating on you. I bet you there's something, I bet you there's something in there. Mm-hmm. You met her, you would know, it. she's like a, she's like, like a hound dog, you know, and <clears throat> of course it was, you know, but the whole time that I was doing my part in the disloyalty, I wasn't going to leave. You know, that was fine for me. It was part of my lineage and part of what seemed normal to me, which is, you know, so sad. But we've, as a family, I've sorted that out now with all the parts and particles of of that and evolved it. By then, apologizing and coming clean, even after the fact, even when I didn't have to, mm-hmm. you know? And... I don't want to call that heroic because the start of the story is just so tragic and stupid, really, and careless, um, which I recognize. But what's fun is that there's not a one of us listening to this who doesn't have a chance to clean up our mess and become the hero in two moments. You know, not just the hero for somebody else. Oh, thank you for telling the truth. Like, it's less about that and more about just clearing our own conscience. I think a lot of the issues with, with women today that we can't take care of ourselves and we can't bring ourselves to to find self-love in a real authentic and consistent way is because there are things like this in our space. Oh, we don't have to tell the truth, so why bother? It was so long ago. You know, but, but telling the truth and becoming your own hero in that way is a profound opportunity to feel less like a fraud in the privacy of your own being and be more inclined to just take care of this beautiful soul who's willing to take a chance and tell the truth and, and be present in her life. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really powerful. What, you know, in working with this woman from the Handel Group, like what what was it that allowed you to be able to really come clean with yourself and in your relationship? Um, to be perfectly frank, she just has a look at you and anyone who's well-trained in her work means that they've been through probably two to three years <clears throat> cleaning up their own messes in their own families. She takes one look at you because she is so willing to clean up her own messes herself. It's on her. You can you can smell it on her that you're nothing but inspired to go ahead and just deal. Mm. It's so beautiful. And now... This, this was going back almost five years. Now, when I work with people, and even on the phone it happens, and I say, you know, hey, I'm smelling this or that, depends on the situation. What if you were to come clean with that? I have to say, it's the most gorgeous thing because everybody responds to me because I'm in integrity the same way that I responded to her, which is, oh, my God, how soon can I get what you're having? How soon can I have my integrity in check so I can feel like it feels you are feeling right now? Free. Free and in charge of yourself. Free to love yourself. Free to take care of yourself. Free to not not shun yourself, 
because you're lying in some area of your life. Of course it's hard to take care of a person who's doing that, and you know about it. So I think that that that's, I think, very key to, to this conversation for women that are listening. You know, we can't embrace our feminine. We can't. Um, as long as we have a bunch of secrets in our space. I'm so glad that you're giving voice to this. And this is this is a big part of what I'm writing about in, in the book of She in the discussion on shadow. Mm. And that I think we're, I know that we are very misguided and that we, we think that to be um, functional, accepted, loved in the world, we need to we need to keep our secrets. We need to hide the things that we're ashamed of. Mm-hmm. And that just brings us into more unhappiness, more darkness, more shame. And just like you're saying, the path to what we really want is is coming clean, is being honest, authentic. And I think that's one of the reasons why, or I know that's one of the reasons why I've also been drawn to your voice is in a way that I think is very rare, especially in the yoga community, is you're willing to talk about your shadow yeah. and, and just just to own it in a really human way that, hey, this is part of, of being human. This is part of being a woman. And, and I feel like um, the most important thing that any of us can do is not necessarily to go shout it from the rooftops, you know? I don't... I don't I don't, I'm not a proponent of that. I'm a proponent of really getting honest with yourself and being, okay, for a few weeks, I'm just going to spend time knowing and, and, and owning that this has been a part of my life for too long, yeah. this particular secret that I'm keeping from everybody, and maybe I'm going to share it, maybe I'm not, but I'm going to just sit with this for a while and stop pushing it out of the sphere of my consciousness. And then slowly over time, and preferably with somebody to help you, like I had Lauren, you get guidance. You know, how should I actually share this? How should I clean up this mess? What do you think I should do first? And you, you know, you get good advice, good, good, good counsel, good, good um, coaching, and you learn how to ask permission, and you learn how to make sure that your list is very complete, and you learn how to make someone feel safe when they're listening to you. Um, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a litany of things that have to really be set up in order to make this flow beautifully. And I feel strongly that it's a very important part of our, you know, like you say, studentship. It's an important part of who we are, that we take care of this aspect of ourselves. We bring it out into the light. I'm not saying, you know, overdo it and and scream it like I said, but, but but take care of your heart and and stop hiding from yourself most of all. I think that's where the gold is here. Yes, and it's not about sensationalizing and dramatizing, no. but really in the service of true healing and also seeing leaders like you, you know, speak about the cycles of darkness and light and of healing, I think is really important because we're so quick to put 
people up on pedestals and then the moment they make a mistake we knock them down and oftentimes they they vanish from the spotlight they vanish from the public light and i find that the the teachers that i'm most drawn to are those who stay in the fire of falling off the pedestal and stay in relationship and and help to clean up the mess and have a conversation mm-hmm. around it in a way that that in a way that they are actually teaching through their own error. Mm-hmm. Yep, I think that's a really good uh, distinction. And you know, I've, I've had a lot of teachers to whom that has happened, and less. You know, I don't, I don't, um, I don't, I don't claim to be any different. But I do feel like the most important thing that could have been done in several of the cases that I'm thinking about right now would be just to come clean. This is what happened. This is what I did. This is what I didn't do. This is how it went. I'm sorry. (laughs) You know? I mean, things would have just been so much easier in several of the cases had that been a part of the occurrence. You know? It just wasn't wasn't done like that and that's when people get into really big trouble because the hiding causes you to causes pain yeah deep cellular pain so but god bless you know everybody has their own path and this is just mine and it seems to help when i share it so i share it and i'm I'm careful with whom and when um i write it if i write about it to help you know in the hopes that other women will and men, men, but mostly women, will find it useful and feel safe to do their own work in a good way. Yeah. Are there any current edges with this for you of being in a place of coming clean with yourself in a new way that's just causing new insight, new growth? <clears throat> well... I'm now on a mission. I'm, I'm um, sober almost one year, which is really nice. That was a big part of, you know, the refinement of the mission. After I was able to solve the the issue of my family, you know, or, or begin solving, let's say, um, I figured out that I was an addict. I'm an addict, and I have to be very mindful of, of this. Um, in continuing this work of being vigilant about telling the truth, what I've discovered is that it's less of, um, you know, once you kind of get your your backyard clean of all the old leaves, if you will, and, you know, clear up what what we'll call hauntings and, you know, that's going to clean up your space. We have the opportunity to just do it on a daily basis. And so the edge of which you are speaking is now a daily ritual that it has become a very sweet ritual. Um, and it involves my caterer he's here. I have him like two thirds of the time. Um, my man, we are grateful to each other every day. And we talk about what we could have done better all the time. So there's really never a chance for anything to get stuck in the space, for any resentments or hurts to get stuck in the space. And the edge, I would say, if I were to share something that might be of service to to those of you who are listening, is just do it every day. If you feel like you've 
you know, told a little white lie or something, or you've, you know, betrayed yourself or someone else in a in a in a way that doesn't feel good to you, and you've thought about it more than three times, just tell on yourself. Make it funny. Make it silly. Make it real. Make it helpful. You know, you'll inspire somebody else. Always, your honesty will will light somebody else up and and set them on fire in the best way. Like to just do it for themselves and treat themselves with that much respect and I think that's a really healing mechanism for all of us make it a daily thing what did I lie about today what can I be a little more clear with and with whom and and then ask the people around you I ask my son every time he's here what could I have done better Jones some days he's like well this 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 and this some days he's like you know mom you're great I like that, the daily inventory so it doesn't pile up after years and years and become this huge, huge Mm -hmm. chaos. Mm -hmm. I also, yeah, one of the, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say it's also very, it just makes things very digestible. Yeah. And one of the things that I like to ask myself every day along the lines of what you're sharing is just what am I, what am I not wanting to see? Mm-hmm. What am I not mm-hmm. listening to or acknowledging? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great one. That's perfect. And it really does leave us, um, you know, in reading the, the beginning of your book, it, it leaves us in a more feminine position. The asking, you know, the, the, waiting to receive. It's a very feminine place to be. It's not the insertion of ideas. It's not the, you know, doing of. It's really like, what can I do? You know, and I'm I'm just like you. I'm such a I'm such a go getter. I'm so I'm hustling, you know, all the time. I'm it feels right to me to be to be working my best and 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 doing what I do well in order to serve. It really feels right to me. And what's funny is that the minute I started asking this on a daily basis, I started feeling much more feminine, much more motherly, you know, much more like I was in the right place at the right time, mm-hmm. much more connected to myself. And Elena, what are some other ways that you like to connect with your inner life and inner guidance on a daily basis? Like what are, what are some of the rituals that you can't live without? Well, <clears throat> at least a couple times a week I go and do this treadmill. If I can go outside, I will, but I'm in New York and the ground is really flat. So I'd like <laughs> to actually just keep my body in hiking shape. It's so weird, I know, but it makes me feel really good. I go for like 30, 40 minutes until I'm really sweating which is always beautiful. And then um, I meditate every day. I sit for 20 minutes, at least once, usually twice, but I'm not going to say always. Um, I have a mantra from Tom Knowles, so I practice Vedic meditation. And non-negotiables, every morning I do some sort of a creative, um, artful post. And I mean that specifically for Instagram that gets fed directly to Facebook 
It's a way for me to stay connected to the folks who are interested in connecting. And it's a way for me to keep the art flowing. So there's always watercolors out. There's always crystals around. I'm constantly looking for, you know, what would be beautiful and of service. And every day, sometimes it's just a page from a book. Today it was a page from Colleen Sigmund's book, uh, Yoga for Life, which if you haven't seen, you must see. Um, and Pema Chodron's new book just came also. That was the other day. Um, fail, fail again, fail better. Oh, wow. <laughs> or, you'll love it. It's a very small book, and it's her commencement address with an interview at the end with Tammy Simon from Sounds True. And it is phenomenal. So quick and easy. You read it, you pass it on as a gift. It's so beautiful. But, you know, books like that, I also I have some Steiner books. Like, I'm, I'm the, like you said, we're crazy students. So some days I'll just post a quote, and some days I'll rewrite it. You know, it just depends on the day. But that I, I do that every day, just to present something for my own heart and nourishment that will be useful to others that makes it so nice for me in the morning to mm-hmm. wake up and do that. Beautiful. And if you could help, you know, kind of rewrite this understanding of our journeys into empowerment what you know f- from from the the one that we've all inherited of to shun our darkness and keep it in keep it in the shadows what what would you like to include what would you most want women to know that it's really important to take care of yourself and even if it's only 5 minutes a day really even if it's only five minutes today, please, please, please take a second to sit down and close your eyes, light a candle, write a poem, read a poem, hold something that means something to you. Think about where it is that you fall into the matrix of this day, this life. What can you do to help? Um, it's, it's the most important thing you can do just to be there for yourself. And I think the sort of adjunct, but um, just as important, would be to think positively about yourself within yourself. Even when you screw up and you're lollygagging for an entire day, cleaning the floor or, you know, somehow going around what you really have to be doing, whatever it is. I I I have a crazy part that cleans instead of rights. <laughs> yeah, that's my illness. Um, I avoid my writing by cleaning. But whatever it is, even when you screw up, be nice to yourself. Have a sense of humor about it. There's another day coming, and it can be great. The most important thing you can do is think kind thoughts, think respectful thoughts about yourself. And again, it goes back to what we said earlier, it all starts with just knowing that you have nothing to hide. And Elena, I'm curious, before we started recording, you mentioned that you had spent your day so far doing laundry and writing. And you said that you had, you came up with some insights into that combination what I was thinking was, as I was reading your book, and um, 
you know, reviewing what could possibly help in terms of, like, feminine rights of passage and, you know, who she is, you know, capital S-H-E. She does laundry. She does clean her floor. She does take care of her home. She does take care of her kids. She does cook, I think. This is just me, you know. Yeah. My opinions are not Sarah's opinions. Um, I, I'm agreeing. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. Maybe they are. She's a lady, you know. She loves what she loves her femininity, and you know this. She capital S H E. I think is really somebody who um, cares deeply about the state of affairs in the universe, and as such, can be a total lady and fulfill her role. And not just be awesome in the home either, but be also doing what it is that calls to you professionally. I'm managing to do it all. I'm managing to get six, seven, eight hours of sleep a night. And I'm managing to feel like I have a good, solid footing under me. And it definitely has taken me a lot of years. It definitely has been quite a hustle. And I definitely watched some really... um, you know, hard things happened in my family, not the least of which was my mom getting really, really sick and and then coming through it. But it, you know, it, it behooves us to be women, not just be ambitious, male-like. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. Yeah. That's what I was thinking when I was folding the laundry. <laughs> I love that. I love that. You and, know? Yeah, and it's really that these simple tasks in the home and our larger service in the world, it's all its all pathways home to ourselves, not yeah. distractions or nuisances. I, and if you keep it, for me, I just feel very, very connected just because I... I'm doing that, you know, I'm doing lunch a couple times a week. I'm doing, you know, cleaning my house. It, it feels like, um, it feels like I'm fulfilling my natural space in the world. Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't feel like I'm missing anything. And this could also be, you know, I'm 45 years old now, so it could also be that I've kind of done a lot, <laughs> you know, I've sort of partied and I've, I've watched a bunch of tragedies happen and I've watched a bunch of victories happen and I do feel like with age, I'm just getting nothing but more calm, comfortable um, in my own skin and I'm looking forward to seeing how the rest of it unfolds. What are you most excited about, about your future? There are a couple of things. The first two things that come to mind are projects that are not even anywhere near completion, but I have to talk about them because they're both so inspiring to me. One is called Your Elegant Divorce, which is where myself and my girlfriend from Cornell, we've been friends for like 20 years, and she became a really exceptional um, attorney who is priding herself on having become a mediator as a result of all the disasters she was looking at in the courtroom with divorces. So she and I are writing a book called Your Elegant Divorce because I had one. Mm. And I'm so proud of it. And I have the best family because of it. And despite myself, at many turns in the past, 
um, not the least of which should be attributed to Lauren Zander and her just fantastic um, method. I have I have a lot of um, what I think is knowledge and experience on how to teach a woman to look at the world and and a man too look at the world, look at themselves, and start to shift the dialogue in their minds around what is possible with regards to the dissolution of a marriage. And I'm just in the middle of writing it now, um, today, tomorrow, the next day, just during the proposal, and it's just so exciting. Mm. And then the offshoot of that is the next proposal that's going Mm. out to my publisher called Neuro Nourishment, which... Oh my Lord, it's going to be so awesome. It's basically a book that outlines, we've selected nine, I think it's going to land on nine neural pathways. Um, It might be 11. That we will learn how to cultivate through movement, food, and meditation. And these are all extremely useful pathways in the brain where it'll be a simple book but a way to look at, okay, today I need gratitude. Today I need clarity. Today I need whatever it is. And learn how, okay, if I eat this, this might happen in my little neural pathways. And if I move, you know, and do this particular three-pose sequence, this could help. If I meditate and consider this truth and... I'm writing it with my ex-husband's new wife, (laughs) who's a doctor. She's just incredible. She and I have become really, really tight. And she's a a metabolic neuroscientist, of all things. And so we're writing this book together, and I just, you know, you're catching me at one of those moments when I feel very, very grateful to God and to every, every force that has helped me to arrive here sober for almost 11 months and with this incredible family and and team around me. Mm. Congratulations, Elena. I'm really happy for you and I'm really grateful that we got to share in this period of celebration with you today. So thank you so much. It's such an honor to have you and to, to hear your story, to receive your wisdom. I would like to just highlight a couple of things that you wrote in your introduction to the book of She. Sure. Um, that really touched me. She she seems unpredictable, but there's great wisdom to her grace. She's a trickster <laughs> with a wicked sense of humor. She's here to remind you you're destined for more than just suffering your suffering. She won't let you fall asleep to the song of your soul. She doesn't care if you're uncomfortable. She only cares that you wake up to the truth of who you are. That makes me cry. Mm. So, so good. Just so good. It's so good. Like, listen for her. You know, if you're a woman and you're listening to this, listen for that voice because it's your own. Really, at the end of the day, it's your own. So beautiful. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So thank you for that. I really am touched by your work. Thank you Getting so much. Getting better as you get older. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> If you're ready to go deeper into your heroine's journey, I invite you to explore my new book, The Book of She. 
You can visit thebookofshe.com to register your receipt for this order before October 30th. And when you do, you'll receive an invitation to join me and our community in a free online women's yoga and meditation class, as well as a live Q&A. Until next time, I'm sending you my heartfelt support. Thank you so much for being part of our sisterhood.